0: So, welcome everyone so, uh, for the uh, next book club this week. And uh, basically, we, we do want everyone to join this book club as uh, we want everyone to be successful because uh, reading books uh, develops a habit in us and that becomes... a. Uh, uh, once we develop this habit, it becomes part of us. And so we are able to apply it more into our everyday lives and that helps us become successful. All right. And a few icebergs. Our vision for this book club is that so we can bring together everyone all of the highly motivated individuals and high performers to grow together. And we we don't just encourage, you know, just those who love reading books. So we're open to everyone uh, who just wants to, you know, spend more time during this quarantine, who wants to um, broaden their horizons and broaden their pers- perspectives. So everyone is welcome to join. And who are we? Um, Real Estate IQ is a technology and data company. We're focused on creating work-from-home automated systems for the real estate community. And our mission is to empower your journey to freedom and success. So we want to be part of that. We want to be part of your journey, and we want to be part of your success. And here are our core values. We do value growth. And we do value having a champion mindset and of course, having integrity. So these are the things that we really um, imbibe in this company. And um, in every interaction we have through this book club, we strongly advocate um, everyone having this kind of mindset. And uh, we know that, uh, you you know, we know that that's why you're here because everyone wants to learn and to grow at the same time. Here are a few of our um, home automated systems. And we have deal analysis where we can run unlimited computations. We have deal finding where we send 45,000 motivated seller leads right to your inbox. And premium uh, skip tracing we can uh, provide you with the emails phone numbers any contact details that you would need and here's a uh, our community portal it's found at realsttiq.co so you can go ahead and register and join through the various groups that we have available lastly um you can go ahead and visit this link that is also going to be on the chat box where you can find out more about what are you know um, the opportunities you have during this pandemic that you can still be able to invest and grow your, your funding through our passive invested income. So you can find out more about the benefits and opportunities um, through that link. Okay, and this week, we're now in Chapter 3 called Seeing Around Corners, and we are tackling chapters 15 to 17. Really brief, uh, just uh, it was a real breeze to go through, and a few minutes before, before we end, we're going to have online networking so we can get to know each other. And just a disclaimer, all this information we're presenting is intended for educational purposes only. We don't offer investment, financial, or legal advice. And without further ado, I am going to introduce okay, uh, the next host, and that's going to be Arthur. Hi, Arthur.
1: Hi, Shirley. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. And it is my pleasure to be joining you this afternoon as your co-host. And allow me to bring everybody up to speed. We're going to be talking about chapters 15, 16, and 17. So allow me to share with you my screen. There we go. All right. Can you see it? Yes. So we have chapter 15 entitled Expand. So Stephen Schwarzman and Larry Fink both managed around $20 billion in big mortgage fund assets in 1994. Blackstone Financial Management would later be known as a separate company, BlackRock, due to unsuccessful renegotiation of terms of ownership. And there are some quotable quotes in this story. We wanted to build businesses that were great in their own right, but also made the whole firm smarter. The more we learn from different lines of business, the better we would become at everything. I love that. And for the second story in the same chapter, Blackstone bought the Savoy Group, owner of luxury hotels in London. At first there was a lot of negative publicity, but in the end, the successful renovation of one of the hotels, Claridge's, won the hearts of even the critics. It paved the way, for the Blackstone to open its office in the United Kingdom. Quote for the story, in any conversation with someone you don't know, you should always be patient and keep asking questions until you find a place of common ground. And don't lose money, understand the risks and learn how to minimize them. And another quote, the best way to get what you want is to figure out what's on the mind of the person who can give it to you. Still on chapter 15, this is actually a long chapter. Um, Stephen has shared about three or four stories. And in 2004, Stephen Schwartzman became the chairman for the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts in Washington, DC. This role would lead him to meet big personalities in music, the arts, politics, among others. Some of them would become a big part of the big deals later on managed by Blackstone. And for chapter 16, entitled, Ask for Help When You Need It. Steve sought the help of Tony James to run Blackstone. Tony brought discipline, order, and new ideas with him. With Tony at the helm managing the company, Steve was able to concentrate to complete some of the largest deals in Wall Street history. Codable quote, lifting the day-to-day management burdens energized me to the deal-making I loved. And for chapter 17 entitled Entrepreneurship, no one tells you about the pain. Well, Steven mentioned that if you're going to start a business, it has to pass three basic tests. First, your idea has to be big enough to justify devoting your life to it. Second, it should be unique. And third, your timing must be right. And he shared the story about Nike. When Phil Knight was building Nike, he hired other distant runners to work with him because he knew whatever they lacked in business knowledge, they made up for stamina. They would never give up. And finally, to succeed as an entrepreneur, you have to be paranoid. You always have to believe your company, regardless of size, is a little company. The moment you start to become big and successful, challengers will appear. You are never more vulnerable than at the moment you think you have succeeded. So those are the quotable quotes and summary of chapters 15, 16, and 17. Back to you, Shirley.
0: Thanks so much. And yes, I did learn a lot on on these three chapters, especially on the first part of expansion for me. It was like an expansion of not just his company, but personally, he was able to expand himself by, you know, um, learning about the the uh, the culture, about the entertainment uh, industry, and also he expanded his views to others because he wasn't open before to other, like, foreign other nationalities is able to decorate or design his hotels. But when he became open to a French, um, designer designing his hotel Clarish, that's when he actually started booming. So that was my take on this, uh, on this one. You have to expand yourself in order to really, you know, to be able to succeed and to grow. And I would love to hear what our panelists would say about that as well.
2: First of all, I have to say, I love Arthur's attitude. I think Arthur's awesome. I love Arthur. I love the smile and I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> Thank um, you, Brad. One thing, one thing, and I didn't even plan on talking about this, but but something that, that you pointed out, Arthur, that, that didn't really stand out to me um uh, and as as much and it and it should was you point the the importance of him taking on that uh that role within the Kennedy uh within the Kennedy Center for for yeah. performing arts and how much that opened up to his to to his network, to his business, to his fundraising. And and it's something that I do, but what's really that's something big that I do. That's a big part of my business, but that didn't even really resonate with me until you brought that up. So I appreciate you uh, bringing that up. So I mean, there there's volunteer things that I do. Um, I volunteer with uh, with the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo to to get exposed and uh, and get. I, I don't participate in the in the rodeo. Can you lasso? I don't lasso and I don't ride okay, the bulls. Alright, well that's no fun, Brent. Uh Chris, uh one of in in one of Chris's many lifetimes that he's lived, Chris Alcedo, uh, Michael's business partner, uh, was a, a bareback bronc rider, I think or bulls, I don't I don't And I done, have no difficulty picturing that. He's he's done everything. Um, uh, but I so I just got my invoice apparently. I think I might have had a, a few too many of these at a fundraising event. <laughs> and I just got an invoice for $2,500. Apparently, I committed to buying a cow. Um, <laughs> but I, I bought a steer from the steer auction. Um, Does that go
3: in your bedroom or the guest bedroom?
2: Well, luck, luckily, I'm, it, it's going in the freezer. Um, oh, okay. All right. I, uh, last year, I bought a quarter of a steer. And apparently, this year, I bought a whole steer. Uh, send, the, the... send the brisket up my way. Come on, come on. Well, you just come on down. You just come okay. on down. Uh, actually, we'll go up your way because I know how. I know how you know how to cook. But I mean, that, so I. But when I talk about I volunteer with the Houston Rodeo, you know I'm not. It's not. I'm not meeting presidents. But the grand champion ro- uh, steer at the rodeo last year, because they ended up not doing it all this year, sold for over three hundred thousand dollars. We're talking about being in a room full of people that have three hundred grand to buy a cow. Um, So, I mean, that's that's huge for networking. Um, uh, I've got books all over my desk. So, Dan Crenshaw. um, Dan Crenshaw, incredible book, by the way. Incredible book. I highly recommend it. I don't know if it's a great fit for book club um, just because I don't want to politicize things too much. I do that enough already. Um, But Dan Crenshaw is uh, a Republican uh, congressman who represents the Heights here in Houston. The Heights is a, is a um, it's like the M Streets in Dallas. It's a, it's a very wealthy community. Um, he
3: was the one made fun of by Saturday Night Live, right?
2: Yeah, and then, and then he went and, uh, and Turned kind Turned the tables away. on them. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, a, he's a Navy SEAL who uh, lost his eye in an uh, <laughs> IED uh, attack in, in Iraq. Um, but I'm going to a fundraising event uh, for him on Friday night, and I'm going to try to get connected into his uh, into volunteering for his campaign. I I su- um, I support the livestock Sean in I participated in it when I was a kid. I I really like him, and I honestly hope he runs for president. I want to I want to support him, um, but uh, and I don't think he's going to run for president in the next five ten years. But I would I would I would love if he would. Um, but I would love to support that. But that's also going to be a really great networking. So find those opportunities of, of things that you're passionate about um, that are also great for networking. So Arthur, thank you so much for uh, for pointing that out. That didn't even really uh,
3: resonate heavily with me. There was so much other stuff that did. And Brent, can I just add to that real quick? Because I don't want to deviate too uh, from that. I think that's a great point. You know, back when I lived in Austin. Uh, I, first of all, I was involved in politics for a while, and then I realized I needed to get out of it, and then I moved over to the Chamber of Commerce. And first I became the VP of Membership for the Junior Chamber of Commerce, then I became the city president, then I became the, uh, the city chapter, and then I became president of the entire state of the Junior Chamber in Massachusetts. And to your point, the networking abilities, but I'll go one step further. To me, it taught how to interact it, it helped teach how to, to really I, I hate to use the word schmooze, but you know list, learn to listen, learn to engage and learn to really make those wheels go around and that is just a phenomenal experience
2: yeah I, I highly recommend it and I mean network we, we talk so much about networking as, as real estate investors and I when I talk about it, I try to give some guidance, but I, I just feel like so many real estate investors are like I I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm here to network. I don't,
3: um, and I hate networking. I I, I hate trying to meet new people. I would, I would rather shave my head than, Oh wait, I already did that. Um, then, then go into a room and try and meet new people. I'm, I'm,
2: I'm not good at networking. Um, which is, this is, this shocks a lot of people. I'm absolutely Yeah, I'm shocked. (laughs) And and a lot of people are, are surprised. I'm horrible. I'm absolutely horrible at networking. Um, because I'm really awkward in starting conversations. I'm incredibly awkward in car- starting conversations. I do have a unique skill set. I know how to get to the front of the room and I know how to make people want to talk to me. Um, I, I, I am a, I'm a weird one in 10,000 person. I would rather talk on stage to 500 strangers than have to go introduce myself to a stranger one-on-one um, without, a, without a particular reason. When I go to networking events, I wear bow ties. Um, it's, it's some personal branding, but honestly, one of the biggest reasons that I wear bow ties at networking events is so that people have a reason to come talk to me um, because I'm not good at starting conversations. So I think it's, it's absolutely crucial uh, what you're talking about, Michael, to go and learn those networking skills. And get better at it. I'm, I'm still, I don't consider myself a good networker. Um, when I go, I spend, I spend an exorbitant amount of money on networking events. And I'm incredibly awkward and I don't talk to anybody the first day and a half until I get, I always figure out how to get a microphone. Um, as soon as I figure out how to get a microphone, um, that, that, that's just my spot. That, that's where I'm comfortable, but I'm not good at, at one-on-one networking. It is something that, it's one of the things that you have to develop in your business. Um, if you're gonna be an entrepreneur, you have to develop that skill. Um, and, and it's something that I constantly have to work on. and I'm about it personally. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that's crucial that we develop that skill. Um, lots of great stuff. Um, as always, um, I always know when I'm reading my favorite book of the year, um, one of them that I'm going to recommend is my favorite book from two years ago. Um, but this is, this is my favorite book of the year. I already know. Um, and I think I've probably said that. Um, but when, uh, so he talks about expansion, this business could be huge if we stick to it. Um, why do I have more confidence than you do in yourself? Um, it, it's a, th- this is something that, that resonates with people, uh, or resonates with me when I, when I run into people of why do I believe in you more than you believe in you? Um, th- this is something that, that I, that I run into, um, when I do coaching and mentoring is I, I believe in you. It's just to get out of your head and do it. Um, uh, one, of, uh, one of our guys that normally attends, um, relatively new real estate investor. Um, and uh, let me make sure he's not logged in as a panelist. I'll, talk, I'll, I'll tell a story whether he's here or not. I was just curious. Um, anyways, he's been, he's been stuck in his head. He's been stuck in his head of what am I going to say if I talk to a seller? What am I going to say? What am I going to say? What am I going to say? And I and I finally told him. I said, "Look," and, and he's blowing me up. And he and I, I love helping people be successful, but this dude is blowing me up in the nicest way possible. I said, "Here's a list of a hundred people. Do not call me until you've called every one of those phone numbers. Don't don't call me. Don't don't call me again until you've at least called everybody. The first time. The, the within within." hours of him getting out of his head within hours of him getting out of his head he had a lead that he monetized on With within hours of him just taking action so you have to have that faith in yourself you have to have that belief um, i've never done anything that i was qualified to do before i get it so you you have to take those those leaps of faith um, uh, this is something else that I keep pointing out from this book, and uh, Chris, I think that Joel uh, that this will resonate a lot with you. Uh, but he was talking about one of his partners, Larry's skills were complementary to my own, and he was extraordinary. He was an extraordinary talent and manager. I'm, I love to partner. I love to partner. Um, I'm. I'm great at understanding vision. I'm great at creating vision. I'm great at communicating vision. I'm horrible at operations. Um, and, and I partner with people uh, that, that do that. And I've got my partners that feel like, uh, I don't I don't think they ever really feel this way. But I mean, I, I feel like, hey, I'm not really pulling my weight until it's time to present the deal. As soon as I present the deal, that, that's where I'm pulling my weight. Um, and, and it's just that you 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 figure out your roles and your roles. you find those people that have common. Um, this this didn't really go along with that same uh, thought process. But he says sometimes you have to make accommodations. So sometimes you just have to make accommodations. So um, in a deal that uh, that a, a big dog was negotiating this morning, um, it's a it's a house in San Antonio um, that, uh, they went to negotiate and I was, I was going to be their buyer. Um, so they were going to, they called me, Hey, I've got this lead. I said, what are you going to do with it? They said, I I don't know. I want to wholesale it. I said, cool. Um, this is what I can pay for you to wholesale it. Now, this particular person had gotten burned by two other investors. Um, they did the 30 day option with 10, uh, with $10 option, $10 earnest. So they were like, Uh, So they were, I want, I want $3,000 earnest money. I want $3,000 earnest money. I want $3,000. And and that was their hot button. And I went and I told him, I said, look, I get it. Or or I told the investor to to tell him, I understand. Let's do this. Let's do $500 earnest money. Okay. Um, On day 11, I'll put another $3,000 of earnest money. But I'm going to show you that I'm, I normally don't put down earnest money, but this is important to you, okay? I wanna show you I'm serious. So in this scenario, here's uh, here's $500 in earnest money. Now, this is, um, so this property's in San Antonio. Uh, The number that they had settled on is is $64,000. That was anticipating that it would need $50,000 worth of work. Well, it needs $80,000 worth of work. Yeah. So my contractor, um, another big dog uh, partner of mine, uh, went and looked at it. So now I'm going to, the negotiation's going to change. I'm going to send them a screenshot of a bank account with $50,000. And I'm going to say, look, no option money, no earnest money. You show me a clear title, I'll wire 50 grand to you that j- j- as soon as we have clear title, this is what we'll do for you. And, and that's making accommodations. That's not the way that I normally operate my business, but we, they'd agreed to, to, um, $64,000. Well, I can't pay them $64,000 anymore. Now it's, it's a great deal. And it's in a really, really great area. Uh, and I really want it. I just need it at a different price than what we were agreed to. So I'm, I'm going to change the way that I normally would do that deal. So I'm just going to send them a screenshot with a bunch of money in a bank account. And I'm going to say, look, there's no option money, no option period. You show me clear title, I'll buy your house. That, that's all I need. Um, and, and we'll close. At, if, if you can show me clear title tomorrow, I'll wire you money tomorrow. So we, we have to be, we have to have our rules and our guidelines but we do have to make accommodations sometimes, especially if somebody's been been burned or has, has something weird going on uh, with them. Um I, I love how often he says this. So um uh there aren't a lot of people on here today, so I won't ruin the surprise altogether. I'm starting a hedge fund. Um uh so I'm starting a hedge fund. Uh we engaged or <laughs> we engaged the, inter- the attorneys today. Um so we engaged our attorneys today to start that. And this is uh this is a Warren Buffett uh principle. First and foremost for first our most important investment rule don't lose money. Don't lose money. That is that that's is that's kind a, of a
3: big rule in all of life.
2: Yeah, yeah, that that's ai um I'm a, I'm I'm working on that with Judy. Um so, <laughs> We, we have hey, if new, you have
3: any tips, let me share them with Julie. Yeah, we, we have we have new
2: lamps. We we weren't gonna buy lamps, but they were on sale and somehow by spending money that we weren't gonna spend, we saved money.
3: I'm that uh, Julie's may, off to my side. She said that is how things work. That's that's accurate. Okay. I'm not um It's not you. It, evidently
2: Okay, Julie's I didn't have discussed this. I I'm, I'm, I'm told that we saved money by spending money on something that we weren't going to buy anyways. Um, they're really cute lamps. I'll, I'll say they're really cute lamps. <laughs> um, uh, so there we go. Um, other important things that I saw here, again, uh, th- this is something that I, that I love about Real Estate IQ and, and the, what, what Steve and uh, Juan Carlos are, are creating there. Um, is exude the values of the firm, excellence, integrity, and care for people associated with us. Those we employ and those whose money we invest. Schwartzman is so, so stubborn. And I love that he's stubborn about his culture. Real estate IQ is stubborn about their culture. And I, and I love that about, about uh, that organization. So culture is, is so incredibly important uh, as we're growing our business. Um, he, he had a, an interesting point when he was talking about his offices. So I've, I've worked from home uh, for the last six, seven years. And I've always had a home office. I've, I've never um, – I have office space. Uh, over at Blink Lending here in Houston, but I, I always work from home. Um, but something that he talked about was, you know, having just the the an impressive office that conveyed their message. Um, so I, I thought that, that was pretty cool. It's it's not something that I typically apply. Michael, do you have office space or do you work
3: from home? For me, I I work remote uh, from home rather. For me. I just don't find it a good use of my space. and, and I mean, my money, rather. And, and, and I'll tell you a, a perfect example, you know, especially with some newer investors. They're like, well, I've got to get the website set up and the business cards before I can start marketing. And you know, I tell them, I have never, ever, ever lost a deal because I didn't have a good enough website to point people to. They're not going to say, I'm only going to sign with you if you have a good website. I've never had somebody say to me, I'm only going to do this deal with you if I can come and see what your office is like.
2: Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting concept. Um, I, I brought up when we were reading, uh, mastery and green, I always brought up stuff that I disagreed with. That, that's the only thing that, that I've come close. And, and I mean, I, I like having a, a nice home office. Um, I want to have, you know, a, a, a place where I, when I host, you know, other investors in my home, I want that to be nice. Um, I've gotta look I've gotta look good in Zoom. The the lamps help with that. See look, you can even see the the you can even see the 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 lamp in the
3: back. I have to say the lighting and the shadows on your face is better this week, and I'm sure it's the lamps. It's the lamps. Um
2: uh so I I that that's one of the things that it it's an interesting take. Um
3: uh another another uh but but Brent, don't you think that falls under it's not just office space, it's image. It's integrity, it's how you carry yourself. To me, that office space falls under the larger umbrella of how you present everything about you and your business. What's your
2: brand? What's
3: your brand?
2: A lot of branding. Um, So I've mentioned I have office space over at Blink. Blink has a, uh, Paul has set up a very fun, uh, very kind of hip culture. He, He all but has the nap pods, but he's got a basketball hoop, and he's got a foosball table. And their conference room table is a pool table. So um, I I think that it's important. It's just not something that I've uh, implied and and applied in my business. Um, This is another on page 182, switching gears a little bit. Uh, The best way to get what you want is figure out what's on the mind of the person who can give it to you. No one cares what you want. No one cares about your opinion. Um, they, they want to know what's important to them and we want to, uh, we want to take care of them. We want to, we want to appeal to somebody else's, uh, higher, higher interest. Um, uh, again, reiterating, uh, I would say half the chapter titles I have highlighted in my book, but ask for help when you need it. Ask for help when you need it. Don't hesitate. Um, uh, especially when it comes to you know partnering in deals. Take half of something instead of all of nothing. If, if you need help closing a deal, take half of something instead of all of nothing. Um, don't hesitate uh, to, to reach out. Don't hesitate to, to bring somebody else on. Um, uh, another thing in this one, I only do I only like to do big things. So this is something that the Schwartzman constantly goes back to is pursuing those big goals, um, and, and what they're looking for. Um, so I love the, the going after, after big goals. So, um, are I, I mean, I've got, uh, if anybody's been trying to reach me for the last week, um, I'm closing a $30 million deal in Hawaii. I'm closing another uh, deal that's going to be, um, I don't know what twenty thousand times uh thirty six is um've uh, got a lot a, a lot that's in Hawaii as well. those are both closing within ten days of each other so those are they're not quite international so i'm not I'm not quite as cool as John yet, but I'm crossing an ocean still um I, I, and then we're starting a hedge fund and doing all of that right now um so uh, I mean, I like doing big deals and and that requires partnerships and that requires um, uh, putting people in place. Um, we're actually, uh, our, our next hire is probably going to be a controller um, to, to take over more of our bookkeeping and we've got to hire more operations because apparently my, my mouth is writing checks that our business can't cash yet. We're trying to I'm bringing in more deals than than we can do right now. So, I mean, that's a, that's a good, uh, growth point. Um, but I mean, it's a, you know, we want to do big things and continue to grow. Um, and and in that, so I I love, I love Steve's viewpoints on growing the team because that that's something that that's coming up in my business very quickly is growing a team. Uh, one of the things is all that matters was the quality of their thinking. All that matters is the quality of their thinking. And he talked about, he wants to hire tents. He wants to invest in people uh, that are gonna be great for his business. Um, uh, he, so here's, here's something else. I, I was never a founder who needed to hang on to power at all costs. So I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm not the, um, I'm not the one. Um, technically, I, I hold the role of CEO in my business as soon as, as soon as we're up and running with my business, I'm going to step down as CEO. All I, all I want to do is fund, is raise funds. That, that's what I want to do. I want to raise funds. I want to play golf. I want to shoot shotguns. I want to drink whiskey. I want to, I want to have fun. I want to go to plays and I want to go to sports games that, but until we get to that point, uh, you know, I'm, I've got to, I've got to wear my CEO hat, but I, I look forward to stepping down. Um, and, and a lot of people don't, don't maintain that that same uh enthusiasm but i'm i'm looking forward to all i do is investor relations that's that's what i want to be when i grow up i just want to have fun um uh and then this is this is very much what we do he does it with businesses we does it with we do it we does it uh there's the my panhandle of texas coming out uh, he does it with with businesses we do it with real estate we're in the business of buying, fixing, and selling. We're in the business of buying, fixing, and selling. Um, know, know what your core competencies are. Um, uh, now, uh, I'm more in the commercial space, so my buy, fix, and sale is five-plus years, not, not six months. Um, so, I mean, it, it's a, but know what it is. But the, the business is buy, fix, and sell. Um, I've, I've got another title that I've highlighted the, the chapter title entrepreneurship. No one tells you about the pain. No one tells you about the pain. Um, it's, it's all glamorous. It's all, it's, uh, it's real sexy when you quit your job to be a full-time entrepreneur until you're, until your business hadn't paid you in, in a couple months and you're, walking down the, the pet food aisle thinking next week, I'm going to be, I'm going to be doing my grocery shopping here. Um, uh, l- luckily I haven't had one of those weeks in a long time, but I've, I've had those weeks of the man, when, when's this going to, when is this going to take off? Uh, but I mean, that, that's the, uh, that's part of the, the joy and the, and the pain of joy, pain, struggle, the uh, reward, it's all in one when you're an entrepreneur because it's yours. Um and, and I absolutely love that. Uh uh like Arthur said, uh pointing out the three basic tests. Is it unique? Uh is your timing right? Uh and then I skipped one. Uh is it unique? Is it a big enough idea to justify devoting your time to it? Is it worth it? Is the juice worth the squeeze? Um, if I'm going to, if I'm going to undertake something, I want to make sure that it's definitely worth it and then it's got to be unique and the time has to be right. That that's what we're looking for. Um, uh, pain is the reality of starting something new. It is unavoidable. I'm going to read that again in case you didn't hear it. Pain is the reality of starting something new. It's unavoidable. Uh, even when you're a small, uh, and small, though in your uh, resources most constrained finding the right people is the most important thing you can do again teamwork um this is the first time i've done this in this particular book club but this is from i'm going to bring out another book um chapter three of the book fortitude um it's called no plan b and this applies double to entrepreneurs um but this is uh the first two paragraphs of the third chapter of fortitude uh, quitting is a choice and it is never plan a perseverance is also a choice. It isn't always easy, but it is simple. You tell yourself you won't quit. And then you don't quit. Do it in that order. Um, and I, 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 know Michael's eyes just lit up when, uh, when he heard that, and he's going to pick up a copy of the book if he doesn't already have it. But I mean that that's the life of an entrepreneur of this is, this is the road that I've chosen. There is no plan B. I'm going to make it work. Um, and, and, and,
3: and in line with that, Brent, you know, it's, it's sometimes when working with other, especially newer investors, sometimes I really will the the inner Boston in me comes out, and I will light a fire under their butt. And it's because they may have that aggressiveness, or they may not have that drive to really do what it takes to. to uh, let me let me rephrase that. I think they underestimate the effort that's needed to make things happen sometimes. And it's, it's, it's helping them understand it needs to be 120% all the time, guys. When, when we have, when I found you a buyer and we're making $40,000 on an assignment and the seller goes quiet and the closing's in a week and a half, I don't wanna hear, oh, we'll give him some time and he'll come back up. No, we gotta be full throttle and get this train back on the rails. So to your point, whether it be a particular deal or the business as a whole, it is incredibly intensive the amount of effort that's needed.
2: And uh, I uh, now in my in my personal life, I'm I'm not very reserved with the language I choose to use, and and with with co- close close business associates, I'm not reserved with the language I use, but normally when I'm in a public forum, I'm, I'm very reserved, uh, with the language I use. So if, if you've heard me swear, I'm pretty close to you, but I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead. One of my phrases, I make shit happen. I make shit happen. That, that, that is yep. that if you want the key to my success, I make it happen. Yep. Um, and, and I mean, somebody just logged off because I offended them. Um, I don't. That's it. I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I, but I mean, that that's what it takes. That that's what it takes as, as an entrepreneur. Um, John, you you've had uh, both uh, more or a lot of experience as kind of an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur um, working within within your your business doing the the
4: transport. What uh what really stuck out to you? So, while you were doing this, I put you on mute because I was on the phone with, uh, with a seller. So, you need to kind of back up and tell me what you were saying so I can fully answer that question.
2: I just wants to hear me swear again? Uh, so, I, I was just saying that as an as an entrepreneur, one of the biggest keys to my success is just the attitude that I make shit happen. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, so just wanted to, to kind of get your perspective and and what you've taken out of it, just kind of the sections of the book so far. Um, uh, just with your, you, you have, you've had a lot, you've had more, uh, different kinds of experiences as an entrepreneur, having both, you know, your real estate business, uh, and your, your transport business, your, your shipping business. Um, just wanted to kind of get your perspective and, and your thoughts.
4: Uh, so real estate you're dealing, I mean, in, in all entrepreneurship, unless you're a great engineer, I guess, uh, even then I so it's all about personal you know, relationship with people, right? Uh, with, with real estate, you're dealing with homeowners, you're dealing with investors, you're dealing with, you know, buyers, you're dealing with other investors. Uh, and then in the import export business, you're dealing with, um, you know, the transporting company, obviously, the customs, which is a pain to butt. Um, and then... Uh, government agency and not fun to deal with. Yeah, they they take forever to answer your question. And they, it's extremely interesting that they don't know what tax code is on the particular item that you're sending. So I have met custom, uh, custom go- uh, government officials that tells me that I have to pay X number of tax when I don't need to pay even 10% of them, you know? And they, they don't know what they're talking about, but uh, nevertheless, it's, it's all about, you know, really understanding. Um, I guess the really interesting thing is it's really about understanding something that is in related to your actual business, but not really at the same time. So like, for example, just, just as an example, uh, I recently purchased a $2 million condominium in the suburbs of Taiwan near Taipei. Okay, uh, that closed like yesterday. Do no. you see how uh, just a $2 million asset? Not, yeah, well, okay. It sounded like it's really good, but the reason why I was able to purchase it was because Taiwan has an interest rate of 0.9%. So uh the reason why i purchased is not at a particular discount really it's it's really at full retail you know uh, and i bought it because um i realized that uh i got information from my custom uh you know from the importing export company that and the people that work with the banks uh in hong kong that there's four times money flocking to taiwan from hong kong so what that means is there's going to be a huge migration of people flocking from one country to, to the next, to probably Taiwan. And uh, that's the reason why I purchased it. And uh, literally, I put it on the contract about a week ago. Today I closed, or oh, not today, to yesterday I closed. And by now, it already increased its value by 20%. Well, and that's. But you would never know that, that's, that that doesn't have any relationship with real estate, you think. In the beginning, you know, why would money flocking over do all that stuff? Well, now we all know. But I I really think what really stuck out to me in these chapters are, you know, uh, Steve uh, Schwarzman said that, you know, they had a little culture where Monday morning they just talk about deals and they talk about all sorts of different sectors. And they learn more from each other because, you know, Schwarzman deals with alternative assets mostly. And then he was also talking about this, this guy, I can't remember his name, but Jimmy or something, you know, he, he worked in the financial sector, the prime sector, stocks, bonds, all that stuff. But they learned more from each other and they realized the trend that was going in and out of each different sectors of business that they could make a more logical prediction and um, decision. And that's what I'm finding in my own entrepreneurship and real estate business is that, you know, I'm not great with, you know, going after distressed seller. I'm not, nor am I great with talking, cold calling, talking with people on the phone, but I know a lot of different weird knowledge that normally people in this field doesn't know. You know, for example, like, you know, do you know that the currency in China just dropped by 20%? You (laughs) know, you know what's going to happen is that the, the money is going to flow out because the more it sits in Chinese bank, the more the, the RMB is going to be valued. So they have to move it out, you know, all, all that stuff. So that's kind of where I, I sit with, that's the biggest takeaway I got from these three chapters is all that and building your own team of people and know people that knows more in something that you don't know more on. That's real cool. Absolutely. So,
3: cool michael you have any other insights that you learn to- yeah i i like to whenever i read this stuff or in conversations with people i always like to relate to my personal experience i get more out of learning and and reading and things of that that way and there's there's two things that i, I really relate to and they were both covered early on in, in this in this meeting today the first one was you know, the minute you start to think that you're successful, you become unsuccessful. And, and I have an example. I worked for a tech company called EMC back. I was working full time days and I was going to, uh, for my master's degree, full time nights. And I did that at the same time. And I ended up having, I ended up doing a paper on EMC. And I said to my, my, my conclusion was that EMC was doing everything wrong and was set up for a fall. And basically, my instructor laughed at me entire class and he said, you don't know what you're talking about. Your stock price is at $115. And as you admitted, they just gave you stock options that you can, when it's fully vested a year from now, whatever, you can buy it at 75. Well, within three months, the stock price was at $3. And I'll tell you what I saw. EMC took their eye off the ball. They began to think that no one could be as good as them, that nobody could catch up to them, that their products were untouchable. And it bit them in the butt. And that absolutely affects everything we do on a daily basis. And you start to slip on the basics. You start to slip on the foundation and the fundamentals. And guys, it can be catastrophic. The other thing is I liked the part where, you know, one of the things when people would say about uh, during interviews, they'd always ask you, well, tell me what's kind of one of your character flaws. And I'm a worrier. I I admit it. Guys, I will overanalyze and I will worry about absolutely the smallest details, but I've turned that into a benefit and I've turned that into something that has helped me become more successful because when everybody else is just cruising along, I've already got 10 different backup plans on what I'm going to do if it if it goes left rather than white, right? And and I've got those processes in place and I've I've already thought things through so that I can respond quicker. And and, and I think that more than anything else has helped me be successful in everything I do in life or not more than anything else, but one of the most important things.
2: That's huge. It's really huge.
3: So, um,
2: want to, uh, uh, want to talk about, you know, moving forward, uh, kind of next, uh, next books that we're talking about for, for book clubs. So, um, I, I love, uh, this, this is, like I said, this is going to be my favorite book this year. Uh, most impactful book of this year. Um, if if you really like Schwartzman's story, this is a book called King of Capital. Okay, I'm not I'm not recommending this for book club, but if you want to learn more about uh, Steve Schwartzman and Blackstone, King of Capital is another book that's biographical but not autobiographical. So this isn't written by Steve Schwartzman, but it's his story by somebody else. Um, the two books that I would like to propose. Um, and we'll, we'll reach out to to some of the people that are on a lot of them. Uh, so this is, uh, leadership strategy and tactics. This is by Jocko Willink. Jocko was the head of the Navy SEALs in Afghanistan, uh, wrote, uh, two of my favorite books. Um, one is called extreme ownership. The other is the dichotomy of leadership. I have not read this book yet. Um, so, if leadership is something that we want to learn about, I think that this is going to be a really good fit. Um, the other book uh, that, that I would like to propose um, in sticking with the the investment trend, even though it's not real estate investment, is a book called Principles by Ray Dalio. So, Steve Schwartzman is the is the head of Blackstone. Ray Dalio was the head of Bridgewater. Those are the two most successful hedge funds in history. Those are people worth learning from. So um, I, I think, uh, Shirley, do we have a do we track who's, who's been on here that we could kind of take a, a poll? Um, we, we have a little bit lower attendance today than we normally.
0: Uh, well, uh, I can just go ahead and uh, get them on board so we can ask them what, what are their suggestions or thoughts on the next book.
3: I don't know how you can say no to a book written <laughs> by a guy named Jacko.
0: Yeah. Oh, one Juan mentioned, uh, yeah, both are amazing books, as per as Juan. Oh, we have Pedro.
5: Juan, you're on mute. I, 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 I just, I finished, before we started reading this book, I finished that leadership uh, book, because I actually, when you first mentioned it, a few weeks back, I think, Brent, I immediately went and bought it and I read that book in three days. I mean, it was, it was good. It, it, it really was. And the, the principles book is, is amazing. I mean, it, you know, the fact that I was sitting there writing all the principles as we were going just to, and then realized that in, in the chapter, in somewhere in the middle of the book, he has them all written out. And <laughs> mind you, that's a heavy book. It's close to, I think like 600 pages. Uh, yeah, they're... The, the Principles. Yeah. But it is, it, is, it is a great book.
2: Principles was my favorite book that I read in 2018. <clears throat> uh, but it's 550 pages.
5: Yeah. But yeah, I'm, all, I'm on board with either of those it's two. Also, those, those it's are also great.
2: good uh. for self-defense. What? It's also good for self-defense. Well,
5: also, know. if your lamp is too short, you can prop it up. <laughs> <laughs> by the way Brett uh, we, we save money like you all the time we buy stuff that we don't need <laughs> so save. What yeah. yeah. but we save money by spending it
0: well that's amazing you read it in three days so I guess that's a good book right
5: it's, well uh, the leadership one isn't as long the one by Jocko Willing that's not as long that Ray Dalio took me a little while it's a
2: heavy read yeah. Um, if, if we, if, if people, so regard, regardless of what you decide, I'm reading both next. Those are my next two reads and rereads. Um, so it, it's just a, what, what does everybody, um, uh, want to see the most? Um, I'd love to reach out to, to Israel and <laughs> all people that are on a lot to, to get on there. Thank you, Grow Rich is an incredible book as well. Yeah. Uh,
0: a so, pleasure. You're mine. Do you want to tell us more about that
2: book? Think and Grow Rich. Um, Think and Grow Rich is kind of the, it's one of the original self-help books. It's Napoleon Hill. Um, Napoleon Hill uh, was essentially commissioned by Andrew Carnegie. Andrew Carnegie at one point was the richest man in the world. If the richest man in the world wants to talk to you, you should talk to him, even if they're no longer the richest man in the world. He was only the richest man in the world for a couple of years. I know it's not that impressive, uh, but, but, it, but if he was there once, take some time, um, talk to him. Um, but, but essentially this, this happened around the turn of the last century. Um, and Carnegie introduced Napoleon Hill to all of the most successful people alive at that time. Uh, so an, another great book, another book that I've read, you know, a half dozen times. Uh, Shirley, we're, we've got about five minutes before six o'clock. I know that Art real estate IQ has a, has another event coming up. Um, so just want to open it up to, to any quick comments, feedback. <clears throat> um, I, I love hearing from, uh, from everybody that, that attends to, uh, uh, about kind of their quick takeaways, but I know we're, we're running real low on time.
0: Um, yeah, that's right. Um, there's another person who can take charge back. So, what about uh, like Robert? Do you have any book suggestions for our next book? Um,
6: I've I've read both the ones that uh, um, Brent had suggested. They're both great books. Um, Jocko's book is very short. That would be a, 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 a it, it would it would be a quick read. Yeah, it really is a fast read. Um, I, I, I mean, I like books along that venue. I don't know if any of you are familiar with David Scoggins, uh, Jock, Dave Goggins, uh, Jocko's <laughs> not a particular fan of his, but, uh, he has a book called can't hurt me. Um, which, which is a great book. Great book yeah. And, and whether you agree with him or not, it's, it's, it, it has to do with intensity and performance and, um, think very much Grant Cardone 10 X kind of person. Um, I mean, I've got, I've got hundreds. The Power of Habit uh, is on my list to reread. I'm going through my good reads right now to see what else I've got to reread. But uh, no, I like any of those. I love Napoleon Mm -hmm. Hill. That's a classic. Um, The godfather of uh, self-improvement. Awesome.
0: So Can't Hurt Me is by David Goggins.
6: Mm -hmm.
2: really good book. Another really good book. So we'll, uh, uh, we want to make a a final decision today. Just kind of want to, uh, we're, you know, a little bit over halfway, uh, through with this one. I I really, I'm really happy with the pace that we're taking this. I think it's a really good, um, manageable, um, that, that we're not asking everybody to read for seven hours before they attend. Um, so I, I think this is a, is a really good fit for, uh, uh, for right now. So, um, I think we're, you know, coming up on on time. Uh, if nobody has anything else to to add for now, thank you, um, Shirley. What is what is the next event that the Real Estate IQ has going on?
0: Oh well, for tomorrow we do have a uh, a guest for the hot trends. So sorry. Uh, the topic for tomorrow is how to find killer killer deals and money during pandemic. And cool. that's Brian. Brian Lochner will speak tomorrow, so or I guess we can just uh, decide on the book and announce by next week. Perfect. Sounds good. All right. Thanks everybody for joining.
6: Hey Shirley. All right.
0: Thank you, everyone.
6: Shirley. See you all
1: next
0: week.
6: You bet. Did, you, did yes. you see my email?
0: Not yet. Just now.
6: No, I said it. It's been two days. Look, look for your copy. It's between Steve and I, and he told me to reach out to you, so if you would. Uh,
0: okay. All yeah, right. I'll go ahead and i reply to that one. All
6: right. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Great Robert. job,
6: everybody. Thank you. Bye, everybody. See Bye. you around. Bye.
1: Bye.
3: For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts, or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.